Hey, welcome to our Dead Talk, the place where we discuss all shows and comics within the Walking Dead universe. I'm Colleen. And I'm Jeremy. Today's podcast will be discussing The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 6, titled On the Inside. It aired on September 26th, 2021. Here's the plot for today's episode. Escaping from walkers, Connie and Virgil hide in a house occupied by mysterious creatures. Pope tests Daryl's loyalty to the Reapers with a conflicting mission. Kelly leaves Alexandria in search of Connie. And as usual, a spoiler warning before we start. We'll be talking about the entire episode during this podcast, so obviously there will be spoilers for you if you have not watched the episode yet. You've been warned. Before we get into the episode, we just want to apologize to anybody who is following our podcast for the gap in content. Uh, we were away on vacation recently for our six-year anniversary. anniversary. Wedding anniversary. Yeah, we went to Cape Cod. It was nice. Yeah, it was Enjoyed fun. it. But uh, we don't want to talk your year off about that. <laughs> no, we don't want to. We want to talk about the zombies and the walking dead that's what we really care about which it was funny because on the day of our anniversary which is october 10th we had just a little meal at our apartment and we just warmed some stuff up in the little kitchenette and we happened to watch the walking dead of course yeah we already saw the episode but you know that's that's the glue that holds our our marriage together <laughs> yeah. the walking dead zombies zombies yeah but, but uh, this episode was really cool yeah yeah so we're talking about on the inside this was this one felt a lot different from Pretty much any of the other Walking Dead episodes. Yeah, I agree. It was a lot of fun. It definitely had like a haunted house feel and definitely, at least the Virgil and Connie portion, it had a very classic horror movie. Oh, yeah. Especially, they had a lot of scenes that were very reminiscent of some classics. Yeah, Yeah, one of the things I like about The Walking Dead is that it really does stand out a lot from pretty much any other zombie-based movie or anything like that. But this one felt very much like a horror movie. It did. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites. But I, th- I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately. I'm a very easy fan to please. There's very few episodes that I don't like. Yeah, we're not the biggest critics. There are no. some There are some episodes that we're going to probably crap on. Yeah, there's definitely some portions that we're like, mm, I wish they didn't do this yeah. and whatever. Or that person was stupid. Yeah, yeah. Or I wish they went on that storyline a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But overall, it, this... I don't know. I feel like we're both really easy. That's why we're making this podcast. Yeah, exactly. We'll discuss everything more. Yeah. But yeah, this episode starts off with uh, Virgil and Connie running through the woods mm-hmm. and they try to hide in the house. This one just like starts off. Action. Action out of nowhere. And we we're like, well, okay, we, we saw Virgil and Connie meet up at the end of last season. Last season. season. Yeah. So it would have been season 10. Yeah. Episode 16, I think they said. Yeah. Right at the very end of the episode, Virgil finds Connie and she's all emaciated and everything. Uh, and now they're running through the woods out of nowhere. Yeah. And they start off... It was abrupt. Th- this episode, too, they start off with, like, a really gnarly spider shot. Like, the opening scene. And I do not like spiders. So I like a lot of scary things, but I just don't dig spiders, man. It's meant to scare you. I know. Not it's got to have something for everybody. Oy. Hey, but the zombies are enough. This this episode, though, it made my heart go kind of... Yeah, well, there, there, were some, parts. there were some little things that they did in this episode that I think really drove home oh, some, yeah. some of the uh, spooky char- characteristics of, of being a, of a person who's, who's deaf. Oh, especially in this type of environment. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that once that scene comes up, because for those of you that listen, or if this is your first time listening, Jeremy and I like to kind of go through each section of the episode. We'll kind of give a quick summary Synopsis. as we talk about it and stuff, and we kind of give our opinion along the way, so... When we get to that scene, I think that we're both talking about, mm-hmm. we'll definitely go in more in depth of it. Yeah, they're figuring out which direction to go, and the walkers are coming after them, and they find a huge house. 
And then there's, well, Virgil seems to be the one fighting with the, the walkers while Connie is, like, trying to get the door open. Yeah, it was a good, that's, yeah, they have a really good teamwork already. They do. So, we don't know how much time has passed since they've no, met. No, but it seems like, like, later in the episode, they had um, a campsite further mm-hmm. out, so it's at least a couple days. But I wish, I wish they were a little bit more upfront with how many days have passed since so many people have known each other and whatever. Yeah, yeah, Virgil was like, I only met you. Two months ago, three days and five hours. Yeah, yeah come on, guys. But come I got on. your back. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, then the, it's the typical scariness where they get inside and Connie slams the door shut. Yeah, they, and, they make it right by the skin of their teeth. Oh, yeah, and then Connie has her back against the door and they're like, the walkers are trying to push on the door to get in. That, that's always scary. Mm-hmm. And then we have the intro music. <laughs> <laughs> Silence. Silence. Yeah, yeah, that was my... Half-assed attempt at the uh, intro music. Yes. So now we're over to Carol, Aaron, and Rosita, and they're talking about searching for Connie. And the sister, Magna, comes over and she asks if they saw Kelly. And then they're, I guess they're all just like, oh no, where's where's Kelly? Kelly's booking ass. On a horse. On a horse. <laughs> yeah, obviously she heard that Connie might still be alive, and now she's looking out and looking for her. Yeah, she's I don't blame lo- her. Yeah, she's been looking for her for... Well, eh, again, again, we don't know the time frame unless we're just forgetting maybe, these things. Maybe about a month or so. I, don't know. I would say at least a month, maybe. Since the yeah, since the fall of the whispers. Yeah. So. Yeah, because Connie's been missing since a few days before the whispers officially fell, because mm-hmm. she was in that cave and stuff. But yeah, so they pick up right after you know seeing Kelly mm-hmm. hauling ass on that horse. <laughs> We cut to Connie, and Connie has this map, and I'm assuming it's a map leading back to Hilltop? I'm not sure. I, I It was really on the screen really quickly, mm-hmm. but I feel like I saw the word farmhouse, and maybe it was Hilltop? Maybe. Sorry, everybody. We... God, again, I know I've said this in a previous podcast. Do we deserve a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> We're we doing just, it. We're having fun with it. Yeah. We just need more time. We just need more time in a day. We'll study more of The Walking Dead. But, you know, overall, we'll say it's Hilltop. Yeah. And we'll research that. Go back over. Yeah, Connie has that piece of paper with a possible map on it. And Virgil's checking out the inside of the house. And he seems to be pretty ready with the knife, which I liked. I'm like, man, this is really an intense situation mm-hmm. that's happening. Yeah, overall, I mean, I think I think the house was in pretty good shape i mean i I know they've gone into some houses that were in way worse shape and this is like a mansion yeah it's huge and there's no walkers in there and so far no sign of like dead bodies or anything like that that's so far which (laughs) has trouble written all over it yeah that's true that's very true when you're in an apocalypse situation like this yeah you you would expect a few yeah exactly so after the scene with virgil looking through the house we're back downstairs to connie and then virgil comes down and he signs to her, which I like. I like that. He, I don't know if he's trying to learn some sign language or if, because again, we don't know how I, long. I think he's using together. his own version of, of sign language. Yeah. I just hope he doesn't like do that thing where some people do, where they just try and talk louder to <laughs> deaf people. It's like, guys, they can't hear you. <laughs> oh. She's amazing. I love that actress. And I meant to Google her name again to see what her name was. I really like the girl who plays Connie. And I think it's cool that she's going to be in Marvel now. Oh yeah. The Immortals? Something like that. Yeah. Lauren Ridloff. That's her name, yes. Lauren Ridloff. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I like her a lot. Very expressive. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Doesn't say much. No, no, not at all. But I really liked her in this episode, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get to the more intense scenes with her. 
Virgil starts signing to her that she, or that he checked the whole house and that they're okay, that no one's there. I think he keeps trying to tell her that, but she's, like, not paying attention to she's her. She's shooketh. She is very shooketh. Yeah, she's having a hard time settling down. Yeah, so he gets out a notebook and he writes that she needs to rest, that she hasn't slept in days, and that he can keep watch, and that we'll find your home. And yeah. then Connie just writes, unsafe. And then he keeps telling her to rest, and she just keeps refusing. But mm-hmm. I, I don't blame her. It's a very scary situation. Yeah, yeah one of the one of my notes is, why is she? Why are they so shook up? And I'm like, she doesn't realize that the the whisperer war is over. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I made a notation of later on. I was like, I don't think she actually knows that the whisperer war is over. So when she looks outside and sees the walkers, she doesn't know if it's actually a walker mm-hmm. or if it's a whisperer. So yeah, yeah, it makes sense that yeah, yeah. she's shook up. Yeah. Because then she goes over towards the window and she looks outside and I'm like, wow, she keeps having these wicked flashbacks. And they put some really gnarly looking walkers in those flashbacks. Flashbacks. Yeah, Yeah. like their eyes are all types of crazy and stuff. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. She she needs, I was expecting her to pass out, like to like, she'll she'll, like be freaking out and then she'll sit down and then just pass out. Yeah. Unless the adrenaline is just so intense right now with her. But I wonder if those flashbacks are from being trapped in the cave. Because it kind of seemed like it was very close to her mm-hmm. in, like, physical sense. So maybe when she was in with the walkers, of course, that's where Alpha kept all of them. Or a good chunk of them. The horde. The yeah. Horde. So she probably heard all the moans and groans. And that has to mess with the person after a little bit. Oh, all these people have have to go see a, uh, a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, so she writes to Virgil that she's going to go upstairs and look again. And then that's the end of that scene, and we're over to Pope. Yeah, ripping out some fingernails. Oh, Although yeah. Pope's not doing it. Um, Carver. Carver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carver's ripping out some fingernails of... Frost. Frost. <laughs> Thank you. It's okay. Jeremy and I, we aren't always the greatest with names, unless they're a character that we see constantly. Yeah. And I feel like we haven't seen Carver enough to really remember, and then later in the episode, we're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that's his name. So like, we... they're all expendable. <laughs> yeah, kind of. They're not Daryl. Exactly. They're not Carol. Nope, nope. They're not Rick. Aww. But Daryl sees Carver torturing Frost through the door, and he's trying to get information about Maggie's group still. And mm-hmm. then Pope asks Daryl if it bothers him, and Daryl says that he's done worse. Mm-hmm. And Pope says, why don't you take a turn? I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Gosh darn He should have stayed away from that one. Yeah. And the other Reaper doesn't seem to be happy. So other Reaper being Carver doesn't seem happy that Pope told him to move over so Daryl can come in and take a stab at it. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. Although they didn't say that. I said that. But yeah, I do like that Frost knows Daryl is still undercover and tells him to get on with it. Yes. He's still playing it up. I love that so they're, much too. They're too really good undercover agents both of them yeah thank god yeah yeah because frost who he is a champ he's taken a couple of them for the team yeah and i love this is the part where frost looks at daryl he's like well are we gonna stand here staring at each other dreamily or are we gonna get to it and that's when daryl goes behind him and starts choking him out and that's when carver said if he dies we're gonna have a problem yeah that was a weird start to a torture interrogation uh, maybe daryl was thinking i'll just do that because maybe he'll, he'll just pass out and I won't really hurt That's, him. Yeah, he might have been going for that. Yeah, instead of breaking something on him or punching him and stuff. Ugh. Yeah. That's, that has to be horrible to get tortured Oof. like that. I know. Yeah, p- torture scenes, they kind of get me a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh man, that's an awful thing to do to somebody. Yeah. And then, yeah, Daryl kind of keeps just saying, like, 
give me a location, give me a location. Mm-hmm. Frost says, good offer, hear me out, you can go all eat shit instead. <laughs> and then that's when Daryl punches him, though. I'm like, oof. <laughs> it's good, they're both playing up on it. But that has to be hard for both parties. Yeah. You know? I don't think, I don't think Daryl knows Frost too well. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. So, so it makes it a little, <laughs> a, a little easier. Like, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Daryl still cares enough that oh, yeah. he cares. He knows that he's an ally. Exactly. And and Frost is an innocent person. So yeah. uh, he's only torturing him because Daryl is stuck pretty much mm-hmm. right now. He's stuck in the whole Pope situation dynamic because he doesn't really want to leave because it's pretty unsafe. I don't think he could even escape if he tried. I don't know. I don't think so. But, um, yeah, I, I made a note. There's always one guy who doesn't trust the new guy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's Carver not yeah. trusting Daryl. Yep. And they're always right. Yeah. Like they're, they're typically, so, yeah, at least in, typically. in most shows. Yeah. Like I think of uh, Dexter and uh, what, oh, what's his name? Surprise, mother. Oh, yeah. What the hell was his name? Crap. He was a great character, too. Yeah. But he never trusted Dexter. I can't think of his name now. And he was one of our favorite characters. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't oh. think of what his name is. And we're super excited, not to go off the Walking Dead ta- uh, podcast situation, but I'm super excited to watch the new Dexter when it comes out. Ooh. Oh, man. I remember Jeremy and I used to watch that when it aired, and then we watched the series finale. And we always wondered, with the way they ended it, if they would have a continuation. Yeah, they left it open-ended. Yeah. Ah, so. Spoiler. Spoilers. <laughs> it's okay. Everybody probably knows. If you're listening to the podcast, and if you like this kind of Genre. story, yeah. You probably already know that Dexter's coming back. Yeah. I don't remember that guy's name. Oh, there he is. Dokes. 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 (laughs) Sorry, we just looked him up. Dokes. Dokes. Yeah, I completely forgot that name, honestly. Oh, man. I wish we had more time. But he was a great character. I wish we had more time. I would love to rewatch the whole series of Dexter before we watch the new episode that's coming out. Dokes. Played by Eric King, if you were interested. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's go back to Daryl so we don't go too off course with our mm. podcast like we do sometimes. We do. Well, I want to go back to the torture. the torture scene because... <laughs> I want to go back to the torture. I want to go back to the torture. I want to go back to the torture scene because I like that Frost is saying that your buddy's holding a gun. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure whether... Yeah, was he getting ready to shoot Daryl? I don't know. That's what I was questioning like, too. Yeah, he got the gun out, but... Yeah, just another, like, just showing how Frost is kind of on Daryl's side. Like, hey, just so you know, he's got a gun behind your back. Yeah. So, yeah, like, keeping keeping Daryl in the loop while still sounding scathing. Yeah. Like, still sounding like, you're a punk-ass bitch. Yeah, because I think Daryl was telling him, like, dude, I don't think you understand. I'm the one holding the knife. And that's when Frost said, yeah, but your buddy's holding the gun. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, snap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it goes. It does go to show that they are looking at the, the greater good, I guess, too. Yeah. Both Frost and Daryl, because Frost could just say screw it and and just kind of check out. Check mm. out, not in a sense of like kill himself, but just check out, like divulge all the information he knows. Yeah. But it's not just because of Daryl. It's because of again the greater good. It's about Maggie and the community and everybody. Yeah. And we don't know much about Frost in a sense of does he have family there. Mm. Or was he one of the ones that was with Maggie from Meridian? I, I believe he was with Maggie from Meridian. I so think he was they, one of the original group I wonder, like with, with Maggie. I wonder if they recognized him then. Because Possibly. Pope and them, the Reapers, took over 
Pope took over Meridian. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they would have seen him. But it's, it's, it's possible. It was probably hard to recognize some people. Daryl has to get real. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to kind of prove himself to be a team player yes. with Pope. Oh, dude. And, yeah, he, he winds up cutting off one of Frost's fingers. Mm-hmm. Awful. Oh, oh God. Dude, that sucks so bad. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, they did, they did a good job. They did. <laughs> that one. And then, thankfully, Oof. even after that excruciating pain that Frost is in, he still doesn't divulge that much, but he gives enough where it's credible information, but it's not so much where it's going to be a bad thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is a bad thing, but it's not hugely detrimental. Yeah. What was it? Yellow House off of 283? Mm-hmm. That's what I heard, anyway. That's Yeah, that's what I heard. And that was after Daryl took his finger, and the guy kept holding on and holding on, and he didn't say anything. But Daryl kept going, location, yeah. location. I think so he, he was getting ready to cut off another finger, too. I think so. Yeah. And then Daryl said to Pope, uh, is that good enough? Yeah. So then they're figuring out who's going to go, and Carver's pretty ticked off that Pope wants Daryl to go on the mission. Mm-hmm. Oy, that Carver. That, <laughs> that Carver. That Carver, bruh. Back to Connie in the house. Huge Haunted Mansion vibes. Like, it feels like... The Haunted Mansion from, like, Disney World or something. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Well, so now, I think it's just Connie. She's looking through the hallway upstairs. Mm -hmm. And she's looking at the pictures on the the walls in the hall. And you can see that the eyes are all scratched out. Yeah. And that is obviously just a classic creepy thing. And Mm -hmm. instantly, I was like, oh, snap. I wonder if anybody's looking through on the other side of the Mm -hmm. wall. Which, who has pictures that old up on the walls anymore like they're crazy yeah. old i mean some people it's yeah cl- it was clearly a haunted mansion before they got there <laughs> that's true it was probably it was like an attraction. a pro- yeah it was an attraction before they got there <laughs> that's where she gets to the bathroom uh yeah as connie's walking down the hallway i love when they do this with connie and they've done this in other episodes mm-hmm. too where this is the part where jeremy and i had spoken about in the beginning of this podcast where when it's connie and she's going through a crazy part they completely cut out the audio like the, mm-hmm. we hear nothing mm-hmm. so it's like we're living in the world with connie yeah it's funny like you watch a movie and or a movie or a show and you don't realize how much you rely on mm-hmm. audio until it's taken out yep and when they have connie in these situations you think to yourself oh i can hear something behind her you know turn around or whatever yeah but then they turn the sound off and you're like Oh, crap. I don't even know what's going on yeah. behind her. Yeah, it's scary. And then, oh, okay, yeah, we're almost there. But this this scene, oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about that scene. It was crazy. So, yeah, it's silent, and she's going down the hallway. She gets to the bathroom, and she checks behind the shower curtain. Then she looks in the mirror, and then... I, I like how she talks to herself in the mirror. She signs to herself. Yeah! Well, don't, well, don't you look delightful. <laughs> I thought that was great. I, I thought know, that was, was so really, cute. Yeah. So she opens the mirror door, and she sees the hole where, for... For you younger folk that don't know, there was like an older houses similar to this one. In the medicine cabinet, they used to have a hole where the men would put their razors, and I guess women too, they would put their razor blades after they finished shaving and they would just drop it in there. Mm-hmm. And then that's pretty much where those razor blades would stay. Yeah. That's probably even before our time, honestly, because I don't remember ever seeing that before. What do you mean? Ever seen nope. that before? Yeah, the hole in the, the mirror thing. That's new to me. Really? Yeah. You didn't know that was a thing? Nope. I'm surprised. Yeah. I bet you did. Yeah. I know yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, I, I've used straight razors, and you don't, you don't smell straight razors. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so she opens the door of the, the medicine cabinet, and she sees the yellow eyes that in was that a, hole. Definitely a good jump scare. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
I know people people are always like bitching about jump scares, but they're they have their place. They do, they do. It was so freaking scary, man. That that. <laughs> so she runs downstairs and she she's, starts think about signing it, like, she's, like crazy. She's already exhausted. Yeah. She's obviously freaked out. She hasn't slept in a long time. She probably hasn't hear, eaten really. Yeah, probably. She can't hear anything, oh. and then she's just looking around. She feels that she's already safe, and then that eye pops out. Yeah. Well, Anna, by this point, she doesn't feel safe. She still feels yeah. paranoid, and she feels like someone's watching them. And she was right. But she runs downstairs, and she's signing to Virgil like crazy. And then she kind of gives up on signing because he doesn't understand what mm-hmm. she's saying. So then she gets a notebook, and she's, like, so freaked out, she ends up breaking the pencil. So she gets a knife out of, I think, his bag or her bag, and she just starts writing on the wall, well, scratching into, on the Into wall. a big painting. Yeah, and it just came out with Not Alone. Mm-hmm. That was freaky. Yeah, it was a good one. So now we're back over the Reapers and they're wandering down a neighborhood street. Carver's asking Leia if he's supposed to believe that Dickhead has his back and the Dickhead is Daryl, mm-hmm. you know. And she's saying, no, that's my job. So then they start walking towards the yellow house. And yeah. I love this scene that Daryl starts signaling to Maggie that someone was out there. Mm-hmm. He starts pulling on the wire. Yeah, he pulls on the electrical. I mean, I, I thought it was great that... He thought to do that? He thought, Yeah, he thought to do that and... How lucky they were oh. that Maggie was looking yeah. at that time. I'm I'm sure they were probably on lookout. keeping yeah keeping an, a lookout. Yeah, but that was great. Yeah, that was very smart. I'm glad that he did that. Yeah. I'm glad none of the other Reapers saw him do that though, especially Carver, because Carver instantly he would've... probably would have shot. Oh yeah, no questions asked. He definitely would have been out that, on on Daryl. Do you think if that happened, do you think Leia would even give Carver a chance to explain why he shot Daryl before she shot Carver? Hmm. Like, do you think if Carver saw Daryl do that and shot him and then Leia saw Carver shoot him, be like, wouldn't even ask why. Yeah. Just go ahead and shoot Carver. I guess it would probably depend on if it was a fatal shot to Daryl, like if he was just through the head done, yeah. or if he was like in the arm or the leg and he was just taken down. Mm-hmm. Then it's like kind of give Daryl some time to explain what he was doing, because obviously the way that Daryl grabbed on, tripped. <laughs> yeah, obviously the way that Daryl grabbed onto that wire and was yanking it, it was not just like a oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl's yanking it. <laughs> I have a dirty mind. I'm sorry. You do. This uh, podcast is rated R. <laughs> <laughs> okay we're back we had a bit of a giggle fit so we had to stop recording for a second yeah so after daryl was yanking it um <laughs> my point of saying that was how did none of the other reapers hear him pulling on the wire because you could hear it hitting the car <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure it's pretty quiet walking through that neighborhood because it's yeah. not like you have any like ambiance going mm-hmm. on with other cars in the area driving through the most you're gonna have are birds mm-hmm. so I don't know how they didn't turn around and hear that. I think I think he did wait for them to get like just out of eyesight at least. Oh, okay. So they were. I think they're playing off like they were. They were just a little bit too far to hear. Maybe we'll go yep. with that. Yep. But yeah, the uh, the Mercs. I'm calling them the Mercs. Short for mercenaries. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Mercs. Yeah, the Mercs go into uh, into the house and start clearing rooms uh, to find them empty. Yeah. Yeah. Daryl suggests that they look around. Yep. Still playing, like still playing into the whole. I'm on your, I'm on your team. Yeah, he's trying to be helpful. He's making suggestions. He's trying to play it off like, all right, guys, yeah, let's go to the next house. Let's do yeah. this. I love double agents. Yeah, it's it's always amazing, like what lengths they'll go to, and because they have to, they have to play it up. Yeah, double agent Daryl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after that scene, we're back over to Kelly on the horse, and she's in the woods, and she finds a dead, uh, dead horse. Yeah. 
Uh, but she does find some supplies all around, and there's like a fire pit that's there, and she spots Connie's bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is her first time finding anything definitive. Yeah, and showing that her, her sister's still alive. Yeah, and she goes to the bag and she finds her slingshot and the small notebook inside that they would mm-hmm. use for Connie to write in and stuff. I, yeah, I just want to point out, like she she had a great expression that was like joy slash fear. Yeah. Because she found the dead horse. Yeah. So it was proof that her sister was there. Well, I mean, not not the dead horse, but the, her notebook. Right. Proof that her sister was there, but not necessarily proof that she's currently alive. Yes, that she's currently alive. Yeah. Yeah, so she finds a small notebook and the slingshot, and she starts crying. Yay! Yeah. But the note inside, the last note that she left was Connie wrote, it feels like we're being watched. Mm -hmm. And Virgil responds with, it's late. We'll pack up at first light. Mm -hmm. So, ooh, that'd be scary to read as knowing that that was their last note, that they thought they were being watched. It's really cool that you could see somebody's conversation. Yeah. Yeah, like that. It was really neat. Kind of like you're listening to our conversation right now. Yeah. (laughs) So after that scene, we're back over to Connie and Virgil, and he's checking out the hole in the mirror up in the medicine cabinet, Mm -hmm. and he's not seeing anything, but Connie's still freaking out. But he's kind of just, like, not playing it off, but he's trying to just think, like, oh, my God, I think she might just be hallucinating because she hasn't slept in a couple days. Yeah, I was, (laughs) in my notes, I'm like, if I were Virgil, I'd be aggravated with Connie because I'm like, look, you need sleep. You're hallucinating now. Yeah. And you're driving me nuts. Yeah. But... Don't listen to me. You're not listening to what I'm saying, (laughs) She's deaf. Yeah. But he thinks that she's just hallucinating because she hasn't slept. Mm -hmm. But he agrees to check the whole house with her again. So they leave the bathroom and Connie's walking first down the hallway. And then you see the door close and it separates them. I'm telling you, this had to be a haunted house. Because... Maybe. Who the hell set this up? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) But then you hear Virgil yell her name. And then the door closes, and that's all that we hear. And then it's just silence. Oh, God, I'm getting chills again. It was just silence. It was so cool. Yeah, now we're in Connie's perspective. Mm -hmm. And she's wandering down the halls. Yeah, well, she turns around, and then she realizes that they're separated. She didn't hear it, I guess, happen before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so so she's feeling her way down the hall, which I didn't... Maybe I'm making generalizations, but I mean, like, that feels like something that somebody who who, who was, uh, I'm sorry, blind would probably be doing that more... Yeah, feeling their way down the hallway. Yeah. But it was nice in, I don't know if we're jumping ahead to no, like, no, the, talk talking the Talking Dead. <laughs> yeah, but in The Talking Dead, um, the actress, uh, I can't think of her name. Lauren? Lauren, yeah. uh, who plays Connie. She took it upon herself to state that if she were in that situation, she would be feeling up <laughs> the walls yeah. to make sure that she could feel vibrations and things. So it was yeah. it was really cool that... They listened to her, yeah, and they put that in there because it was more realistic. Yeah, especially for yeah for a deaf person mm-hmm. to do that. I thought that was really neat. And then it's it's again it's still silent, and then you see something run across the screen screen, mm-hmm. and you hear the whoosh like you they put that audio in just for that little tidbit, uh-huh. and it was like oh my god that was nuts. Yep. She keeps feeling the walls, and then she senses something behind her, and she takes off. And it's Gollum. <laughs> Yep. He's looking for his ring. Crossover. And then yeah, and then she runs into the basement. But that thing was so creepy looking. Yeah. Just from that first glance that we saw. <laughs> yeah, and like having any human run on four limbs. Yeah, instantly makes it more freaky. Yeah. I mean, we've all done that as kids. <laughs> yeah, the crab walk. <laughs> I used to do that going up my parents' stairs. 
uh, my sister and I would get, like, towards the middle, and then it would curve at the top, and we would always, just for some reason, like, we'd start slap at the top stairs with our hands <laughs> as we're running up. I'll have to ask if she remembers that, or if I'm just the only weirdo that remembers that. Back to Daryl and the Reapers, and they're still clearing rooms. Daryl notices a trap door yeah. under the carpet. Yeah, they go into that, that house. and Because the first house they went into, I was like, oh, no, is that the house? But I guess it wasn't the house. So, yeah, when they burst down this door, this was the house that they were actually staying in. So Daryl went upstairs to check. When he came back down the stairs, that's when he saw underneath the rug just a little corner mm-hmm. of the trap door. I was like, oh, snap. Now, I, I think they did all know that house for the rendezvous point, right? But did, did Daryl know the exact house? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know if they really explained that, whether he knew... Yeah, it's got to. It, it is this house. He he knew that it was that house. Daryl might not have because that was like the rendezvous point, though, right? I think. Well, Frost knew because he was with Maggie, and that was the house. So this is the house that during that episode where they were down in the subway, that Maggie said that she mm-hmm. knew, like, because they're on their mission to get the food from some of the places that Georgie would leave supplies around. Caches, yeah. Yeah. So this was just. This wasn't even the spot with the supplies, right? This was just a little meeting point, mm-hmm. okay, from what I understand of it. But I don't think Daryl would have really known that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, they, they figure they can't find them. Daryl says uh, he could probably track them. Mm-hmm. And then Carver acts like Daryl is trying to rush them out of there. Yeah. I mean, I know he's... It doesn't seem like Carver will trust him no matter what he says. It doesn't. He's like, yeah, let's... Let's explore the area more. And Carver gives him crap about it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, all right, well, we'll leave and I'll track them. He's like, oh, now you want to go. I know. It's like no matter what Daryl does, Carver's just not going to be happy. Yeah. And Leia's definitely playing the referee between the two of them because you could tell Daryl and Carver obviously are not getting along. And it's not just a one-sided where Carver doesn't like Daryl. Daryl doesn't like Carver either. Well, no. Uh. No. So Leia sends Carver back upstairs to just double check the area before they leave. And then that, I think that yeah, ends this- that scene. Oh, yeah, that, that's not where Leia has her conversation with Daryl, like, not to piss Carver off. They may have, but I just didn't put that in my notes. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a scene where Leia tells uh, Daryl not to stop pissing Carver off. Yeah, yeah, because I know that when Carver starts coming down the stairs a couple scenes from now, that's when he spots the, the yeah. door, I think. So now we're back over to Kelly, and the horse doesn't want to seem to keep going. And Connie's, or uh, Kelly's getting a little frustrated. You could tell she's like... She's desperate. Oh, she's so desperate. And she's just, I'm so close kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I just, the horse, come on, I need you to work for me. And she falls back when she's trying to pull on the horse. And she falls right into a huge thing of mud. And then you hear Carol and Magna and Rosita mm-hmm. in the distance. They thankfully show up as she falls into the mud. And then Magna kind of scolds her for not telling them that she was going out. And I don't blame them because in this world, you do need to tell people yeah. you're going somewhere. Because if... If shit hits the fan and you're out there, they're not going to know where you are and where to even search for you. Yeah. But Kelly did tell them that she found some of Connie's stuff, like the notebook and all that, and that she left in a hurry, and that Kelly just feels like something's just not right. So they all yeah. agree that they're going to continue to look for her. Yeah. It was a really quick scene. It was, yeah. It seemed like a pretty quick scene, but it was still an important scene. Yeah. So we get back to Connie, hiding from the uh, diaper-wearing creep. <laughs> That's what I have in my notes, at least. Yeah, so I think... In The Talking Dead, they wind up calling them ferals. Ferals, yeah. Yeah, uh, I just was referring in, them in my notes to monsters. Monsters. I was calling them creeps. I thought creeps sounded pretty good. Mm-hmm. Do the oh. creep. Aw. <laughs> uh, she finds human bones yeah. in the basement, yeah. which is kind of a nice change of pace from, from walkers and, and dead bodies. They, you always find 
zombies and corpses and stuff like this. Yeah. It was, um, is it, do you think it was scarier to find the bones? Like, do you think it was, like, more, ooh, now there's just bone, like. Yeah. I mean, maybe because if you're seeing that, if Connie feels like what that creature was upstairs was a human, mm-hmm. in my mind, I'd be like, oh, my God, are these so-called humans, are they eating people and they're mm-hmm. picking the bones clean and just yeah. throwing the bones down here? Again, a haunted house <laughs> yeah. vibes, you know? Like, I yeah. feel like the, the creepers are going to be like, hey, uh, if you guys aren't going to pay for <laughs> yeah. the ride, you guys give it out. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool, like, cinematography scene, though, anyway, when Johnny oh, really gets down. Cool. Well, I know, I know we both think it's cool, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> the cinematography of it was really cool because... Connie's downstairs, and there's a really nice light leak coming in through the window mm. when the sun's, like, coming through. It just looked really pretty. Then the st- the shelves start to shake, but it's still silent. Yeah. That was cool. Then they turn the sound back on, and it's crazy loud. You hear those ferals, like, jumping around and screaming and throwing yeah. things and stuff. Whoosh. And, and at this point, we still don't know how many there are. We don't. We think there's Mm-mm. maybe one, yeah, maybe, maybe two, one, maybe, or something yeah, like that. Right. But then she finds a vent and she crawls into it. So it seems like she's kind of between the walls of the house now. Mm-hmm. And she has another like type of flashback. So it's like, geez, this poor girl. This place would be a nightmare to heat. I'm just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the gaps, you know, the huge gaps in the walls and stuff like that. My goodness. There was no insulation. No, that's true. There was no insulation. No on insulation. That. Paper thin walls. Awful. Bad, Although bad heating bill. Bad heating bill. It's a really old house, though. <laughs> But man, Connie has got to have some wicked PTSD. Oh my goodness. God. So then we're back over to Virgil and he puts himself in a room because uh, we're still, we didn't really know what happened to him once that door closed between Connie mm-hmm. and Virgil. We didn't know what happened to him. So he finds a room, he puts himself in it and he has to lean against the door to keep it closed because the feral keeps trying to break in. Yeah. God, that's so creepy. One of the things in movies, now he's he's pushing against the door, right? I think he was pushing. Yeah, he was pushing against the door. Nobody ever puts the sole of their shoe on the floor right in front of the door. You know how you like... Oh, uh, to keep put it from sho- opening? Yeah, like that friction. Hmm. I feel like I would do that and lean into it just to... But he's, he's got his... Uh, he's just putting all his weight into it. I feel like he's wasting yeah. a lot of energy. Maybe. For anybody out there who needs to learn how to bar a door, just slam your, your <laughs> shoe down at the base of the door. Make sure you're not barefoot. Ste- not, yeah, well, yeah, that would probably hurt if you're barefoot. <laughs> Need shoes or boots it would be even better. Yeah. And, like, just bear down, and it'll bar the door from opening. You barely have to do anything. There you you go. just kind of have to stand there at that point. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> These are survival tips, too, by the way. Good job. Good job. So now we're back over to Connie. She's between the walls, and she spots Virgil through a little crack in the mm. wall. So she starts banging on the wall to get his attention, and Virgil gets his knife out. And she slowly backs, or she, he slowly walks over to the wall that she's at. And I'm like, oh my god, why don't these people ever do like, um, like a da 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 type yeah. of knock, like instead of just ding 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 ding. Yeah, bang. she's just slamming on the the wall. Yeah, it could be a feral. In, incoherently, yeah. It's just pop, 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 pop. Are you trying to show me something? Oh no, just the shaven hair cut two bits. Oh, you put that in your notes too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, but they should really do something that's more like. Trust me, I'm not a feral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they need everybody. Everybody needs a secret knock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secret. Well, although I guess for Connie, she wouldn't know to hear it though. <laughs> so that'd be bad. That's, well, they unless she hears the vibrations. Yeah, like. I guess. Yeah, 
<laughs> I'm sure even she knows that one. Well, no, I know she knows. I'm, I'm not saying she wouldn't know that. What I'm saying is uh, she wouldn't be able to hear it. So unless you were in a spot that she could feel it, feel yeah. the vibration of it. That's true. Yeah. Man, that sucks. Anyway, though, she's she's still watching Virgil and she's trying to get his attention. Yeah. She's not speaking. Nope. Um, and she sees a creeper cre- cre- creeping up behind Virgil. <laughs> creeper creeping, creeping. Creepers be creeping. <laughs> yeah, so the creeper is coming out from under the bed. Yeah. that They did have that. It was a really good scene. It was so... Again, because we're seeing through Connie's eyes. Yep. And we can't hear anything. Yep. So the monster gets on Virgil, and they start fighting. And I'm like, man, he's just like a freaking caveman. And you just hear him say, hungry. Yeah, hungry. He's choking out Virgil. And then the monster gets distracted because Connie is, like, banging on the wall, I guess. Mm -hmm. And Virgil was able to stab him. Why do they never double tap? Mm Mm-hmm. For those of you that have watched Zombieland, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Was it rule one? Double tap? It might have been. No, it was rule number two. Rule number two, double tap. Rule one is cardio? Might have been. I think rule one is cardio. We should rewatch Zombieland. We haven't. I think we only watched the second one once Mm -hmm. when we saw it in theaters. Mm -hmm. We had a nice little date day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he crawls back away into the wall or under the bed. Under the bed. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, Virgil gets back up. And he goes back over to the... Yeah, Connie's still banging on the wall. Yeah, she is. Trying to get his attention. Yeah. He doesn't know it's her. Mm-mm. And so he stabs the wall right next to her face. <laughs> Scary. The music... Or no, the, the knife in the wall reminds me of The Shining. Yeah. The scene yeah, with the yeah, axe. Yeah. Yep. Definitely reminds me of The Shining. But the music reminds me of Psycho. Me too. You I thought the that? same thing. Yes. Yeah, I definitely thought of both The Shining and Psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Very pulling on a lot of inspiration from a lot of other... Uh, Classics. Classic horror movies in this one. Yep. So then as Virgil kind of made some holes in the wall, Connie started pulling at the wood. And you could tell how desperate she is to get mm-hmm. out of there. And then... He's kind of getting more freaked out, and I think he's getting ready to stab again when she's able to punch her hand through, and he kind of recognizes mm-hmm. her hand with, like, the bracelet and stuff. So, whoosh. Because <laughs> it looked like he was just about to stab the wall again, and he probably would have gotten her right in the head. Yeah. Or at least the arm or something like that. Yeah. We're back over with the Daryl and Carver at the house, and Daryl's trying to get Carver out of there, but he's kind of sly, and he's giving Maggie info while she's mm. in the floor there. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Sorry, you can hear a siren in the background. <laughs> Well, that was quick. That was very quick. Yeah, well, he gives he gives Maggie information like how many people, <laughs> how many people, and you, like they'll weapons, be able to see it from a mile like away or yeah. something, something like that. I can't yeah, remember yeah, exactly yeah. what it was said, but that was awesome. I love Daryl so much. Yeah, smart he is, especially on his feet. And I think too, because Daryl and Maggie have a history together; they've known each other for a very long time. Maggie knows. To obviously be paying attention anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. anyone should be paying attention when this kind of situation's happening. But I feel like she's especially paying attention because she's like, I know Daryl. He's going to give me some info. Yeah. Without them really picking up on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he did a great job at that. It kind of seems like it gets heated between Daryl, Carver, and Leia. Because Carver's pretty much like, we know how this is going to play out. I don't remember if he meant that, like, Daryl was going to kind of turn on them at some point mm-hmm. or whatever but leia mentions the fire about being locked in and asks carver if he knew about it and carver didn't deny it no 
and no, he's like, you know how things, you know the test. What were you laughing? He basically said. said that everything's a test now. Yeah, everything's. Yeah, that's like, exactly what he said. Damn, yeah. it's like you didn't have Leia's back, and you threw her in that room and locked it and mm-hmm. lit it on fire. Yeah, he kind of he kind of just pointed out how everything is <sighs> everything is determined by Pope. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we all just listen to Pope now, yeah. regardless of. Whether it's good for the group. Yeah, and... It's all to serve Pope. And Carver said that... He didn't say it in so many words, but that's right, what that's I got Right, that's basically what the gist of it was. But Carver ends up saying about Daryl not caring about the group. Mm-hmm. And then Daryl does say, well, yeah, I don't care about the group. I care about Leia. Like, yeah. that's who I care about. And the Pope scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Pope is not... He's not a good leader. <laughs> he is. He's, he's a bad guy. He is. He is a bad guy. He's like those classic bad guys that you say, the like, one wrong thing and he just... Kills you. I mean, mm-hmm. look at that one kid that he killed in his group because he got injured in the back when, yeah, sometimes that might mean you're running from the fight, but it's because he was already in an active fight and he got, Maggie mm-hmm. stabbed him in the back when he was already fighting Alden, mm-hmm. which, oh man, I can't wait to hear what's going on with Alden. I hope he's okay. Yeah. So they were finally about to leave and that's when Carver looks down and he sees part of the door. Yeah. I'm like, no. This, yeah, that was <laughs> a good way of building up his suspense. Yes. You know, you're like hoping throughout this whole scene you're like okay yeah i think they're almost out of it they didn't notice the trap door yep and of course carver notices it Mm -hmm. because he's a dick yep of course but i i know jeremy and i both love this scene where carver goes he flips the rug over and he goes to grab it and daryl just grabs his knife from his waist side and he's just like ready yeah and it was fitting for like either situation like Uh obviously carver and leia are like okay daryl's ready to you fight know, the fight people. the people mm-hmm. that might be under the floor. Yeah. But no, but they don't realize that he's like, I'm ready to stab Carver, Carver in the head. Absolutely. Yeah. But thankfully, when Carver opened the door, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And I bet Daryl was super relieved about that one. I think I gotta go change my pants. <laughs> yeah. But I love, though, that I had I made a little notation because I loved it so much when once Carver opened the thing, then a couple seconds later, Daryl's like, told you. Yeah. Yeah, and then, then they show that Maggie and them are, are leaving out the back door. So, sheesh. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Thank God there was even, like, an exit out of there, out of that basement. Like, if it was a trap door like that in their living room, mm-hmm. there might not have been a window or another way out. It could have just been, like, a root cellar type of thing where they just keep things stored in there. Yeah. That place was up to code. Yeah. <laughs> OSHA approved. Back to Kelly and the the women looking for Connie, and there's a storm rolling in. Yeah, spooky. Yeah, so they're definitely getting close, and then we see a box. Yeah, so Rosita asks, like, which, she asks Kelly which way she feels that they should go, and so Kelly picks the way. They go to the way that Kelly picks, but I can't make out what it is, but there's some sort of box on the ground. I thought maybe for a second it was a, a mailbox, but maybe it was, hmm, was it? Something that Virgil had at one point, or was it something that Kelly was carrying, maybe? Or Connie? Or Connie, yeah, I'm sorry, Connie. Maybe. I just, I didn't make it out. It was very dark, and it was, I couldn't quite make out what it was. I wish I could, because I would love to know, so I'll have to Google what it could be. Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll talk about it in the next episode if we find out what it is. Although I think Jeremy's looking it up right now. I was trying, but nah, forget. (laughs) Okay. We'll look it up, and we'll try and figure out what that was, because I'm very curious what they threw in there. Because mm-hmm. they don't just throw things in there for nothing. No. That's some sort of Easter egg. 
And they were just too stupid to remember but, what it was. But you know what? Now that I think about it, they didn't even talk about that on The Talking Dead either. They didn't. And I'm very surprised because between Chris Hardwick and Yvette Nicole Brown, Yvette Nicole Brown yeah. I'm surprised they didn't talk about that. What the hell, guys? Yeah, it was definitely an Easter egg. It was something... Like, why would they show that? Yeah. But it was so hard to make out. All right, I'm going to look it up real quick. So we briefly tried to look up what that box was. I I couldn't find anything. Yeah. Um, I did just a really quick search, but we want to get back to the, the episode at hand and, yeah. and continue with our conversation about it. But we'll look it up, and then if we find any info about it, we'll talk about that in the next podcast. So now we're back over to Connie and Virgil. And Virgil's saying that he's never seen people this far gone that hurt us like prey, but we're not prey, and I'm going to get you out of here. Yeah. So we'll make a run for it, and he says to take his knife. When, then, when uh, real quick, yeah. when he says, I've never seen people this far gone, do you think he was kind of referring to mm, himself? Like, interesting. Because like, he, he was really far gone oh, yeah, for a while. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was pretty effed for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I like that he, he made that statement. Yeah. I mean, as as messed up as he was, though, at the point that we saw him, he didn't seem like he got into cannibalism, though. No. And that's kind of what these people have done. They've gone so feral that they're just eating people. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, not that Virgil was an angel because he seemed to put some drugs. people. Yeah, he put drugs into Michonne's food and drinks and whatever. And then he had those other people held hostage in there, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Virgin, Virgin mentions Virgil. Michonne. Oh, Virgin? Yeah, <laughs> Virgil. Virgin Virgil. <laughs> well, he's not a virgin because he had a kid. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Virgil, <laughs> Virgil, <laughs> Virgil mentions Michonne and how yeah. she helped him. I like that. Uh, there's a little bit of a callback. How she helped him, you said. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear you. What you said. Sorry. I'm sorry. And uh, I, I like them together. Yeah. I think they're a really good team together. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I do like. And Virgil's super patient. Oh my god, super patient. Yeah. It Connie, be... I mean, I know she's desperate to get back. Yeah. But she's like. Go go go! I'm like, oh my god! You just gotta relax. Yeah, you just for a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. You're you're gonna run yourself ragged. Yeah, I do like this scene between them though. That they're talking about. Virgil says like, no matter what happens, you have to keep going with or without me. Mm -hmm. And Connie keeps insisting like, no. And she's going back and forth quite a few times. And that if we're gonna get out, we're going together. Mm -hmm. And he Virgil goes on to say that he lost himself a while ago and he made choices that he didn't get a choice to make basically but michonne gave him another chance and somehow that led him to to connie so yeah. that was pretty cool mm-hmm. so he said he wants to pass that chance on to connie or all of that means nothing mm-hmm. so he he really wants to help her find her family and then i think they both start crying or virgil might just start crying yeah i think he, he starts crying but she insists that they go together, together. yeah that's pretty awesome yeah and then you hear the ferals yeah the creeps are freaking out again and he's like virgil says time's up yep so then they go. Yeah, that was a really nice scene for them to have together. So Connie opens the door and they go out together to the hall. And Real, real quick. Mm-hmm. I, have, I remember writing this note. They should eat the wounded creep Virgil stabbed. Oh, were they in the room maybe that Connie came out of the wall? And that is the one that... Oh, maybe I'm thinking about the creeps. The creeps should have, like... If they're that feral, oh, eat, and they're hungry, oh, eat their own feral. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they uh, didn't eat the other uh, the other creep that Virgil had, had already wounded. My gotcha. I thought you meant why doesn't Virgil and Connie that's, eat? I'm that's like, what I was. No, <laughs> I'm reading my notes, and that's why I was like, why would Virgil 
What? Yeah, just so you guys know, when Jeremy and I watch these episodes to get ready for the podcast, we take notes, and at first we started just handwriting the notes, and we realized that, oh my god, our hands are going to fall off because we're writing so much, so we started using our phones, and we would kind of, because we're quick texters, I guess, faster than handwriting, I guess, so we started just writing in our notes section on our phone, but then we're writing so quickly that sometimes the iPhone autocorrects it, and I'm like, I I read through my notes, I'm like, wait, what the hell did I just say? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't even realize my own notes sometimes. Yeah, I have to interpret my own Mm -hmm. handwriting, or yeah, Yeah. my own notes, my own notes sometimes. So, yeah, there's a lot more creeps in this. I, I'm calling them creeps again, but the ferals. There's a lot more ferals in the house than I, I thought there would be. Yeah. There's like five or six. At least, yeah. So they, they open the door from the bedroom after they said that they're leaving together and the time's up. And they op- Connie opens the door and they go out together to the hall. They're trying different doors. And then Virgil ends up cracking two of the monsters over the head with a bat. And then one jumps on Virgil and stabs mm. him. And at yeah. least three times. Yeah, three or so times oh. in the back. And luckily, Connie takes out that one, but I don't know if how much she takes about like Just kills like, him or I think it was a I think that was I think a it was woman. a girl. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was a woman. Then she Connie grabs uh, Virgil and starts dragging him to the next room. Yeah, drags him to the front door. Yeah, and then the feral he's slowly creeping down the stairs. I'm like, man, my heart rate was up so high during yeah. this freaking scene. I I saw this like they were setting this scene up, yeah. and I saw it coming, and I loved it, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. You want you want to no, go ahead. It? Just uh, yeah. So they're getting surrounded by the. Um, I keep on calling them creeps, but the ferals. She's they're getting surrounded by the ferals. She reaches down, starts covering herself with uh, Walker guts. Yeah, I was uh, so confused at that for a second. I had to rewind it. Oh, I knew what was happening. Well, from this because the first time we watched it, I'm sure I remember, but it's been a few weeks since Jeremy and I were on vacation that we've had time to do a podcast for this episode. So we just rewatched it, and I was like, wait, what just happened? Because mm-hmm. since I was taking notes, I wasn't always watching the TV, so I had to rewind, because I thought she was getting Virgil's blood all over I was like, wait, what oh, no. the frick? So I had to rewind <laughs> it, and then I realized she dragged Virgil, and then she dragged a walker. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she covers herself up with walker guts. I and love when they do that. Yeah. And I mean, she... it's gross, but I love it. It's smart. <laughs> she props Virgil up in the corner right next to the front door. And I, I was like, yes, 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 right? yes, absolutely. So the ferals are coming closer and closer and she opens up the door yes. and lets in all the walkers. I loved it so freaking much. Perfect. I I love that more and more they're using the walkers as weapons. Oh, absolutely. You kind of have to because the walkers are overrunning the world. There's so freaking many of them. So you may as well use what you have at mm-hmm. hand. And I thought it was so freaky hearing the ferals scream when they're getting attacked. Mm-hmm. Oof. Man, they, the Walking Dead crew did a great job at just the whole dynamic of the Pharaohs. The yeah. whole, every part of them. Scary. Yeah. Very scary. They, they made them look very animalistic. Mm-hmm. And I know, uh, I think in the, the Talking Dead, they mentioned, you know, very Cirque du Soleil-esque kind of movements. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, yeah, they were very fluent. Like, they were running, they almost like, some of them were like jumping on the walls and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it was really neat. And they had, um, I liked that Connie was kind of just like closing her eyes, kind of like, oh my God, this is, it's another one for the psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> Put that one in the uh, the bank. Yep. And so then a couple, like a little bit later than Connie and Virgil, they go outside. Yeah, Virgil's in bad shape at this oh, point. he's real bad. I mean, after getting stabbed three times, and I think it was the back, right? Yeah, yeah, he got stabbed in the back. Yoinks. 
That freaking sucks. So they get out of the house and they drop to the grass in the front yard and then one of the ferals makes it out and Kelly, it was Kelly that swooped in and she used her slingshot and then another monster came out, another feral came out and Kelly got that one too. And then I love... I didn't realize that there were two. I I only, I only remember the one. Yeah. Yeah, there was the one and what, I think right when the slingshot hit the first one, that's when like the second one came out, like Mm -hmm. right then. I think it was like that. But I love that Kelly and Connie made eye contact and Kelly just, oh my God, I'm getting chills thinking about it. I'm like, she just like, her shoulders slumped a little bit and she just looked like a little kid that you want to like run up to and hug. Oh, and then Kelly signs that she's sorry and they're crying and hugging. Yeah, that that was, that was beautiful. That was really, really nice. It was so cute. Yeah. How long? It's it's been at least about a season and a half since they've seen each other. You mean the actresses or like the characters? Yeah, yeah the character. Uh, well, the actress. Yeah, the actresses. Well, I know uh, Lauren. I- I'm hoping it was Lauren. That's the name. Of, I'm pretty sure of Connie. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Talking Dead, she had talked about when she was talking to the the writers for this episode. She said that she hadn't seen the actress who plays Kelly since the previous season and it had been a good like year and a half or something because of everything with the pandemic mm-hmm. so she was basically asking can we keep our reunion until that scene is going to be shot because it's probably going to be a lot more emotional yeah and i would agree because i mean we just saw a friend of ours that i hadn't seen in years and i started crying when i saw her so it's like it's kind of it adds to the the acting and the experience so it was nice after the nice scene with kelly and connie we're back over to the reapers it's the final scene of the episode and the Reapers are going back home, and Carter tells Pope that they were there. Carter tells Pope they were there. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, what does that mean? Carter tells Pope that Maggie and them must have been at the house because mm-hmm. they saw signs of them. Yeah, they caught signs that they slipped away, and he apologized to Pope, and Pope just laughs, laughs and said, uh, Leia says, I thought you'd be disappointed. And Pope said that after you left, I continued to talk to our guest and got everything I needed out of him. And then Pope looked at Daryl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what does like, that mean? we weren't there. We didn't see it. No. Did what? 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 What did he say? <laughs> I know. And then they look over, or they they show Frost as a walker, tied to some sort of post or pole <sighs> or something. Oh man, I feel so uneasy at this. And then, like literally, what does Pope know? What did Frost say? Because we don't know what kind of torture Pope gave him. Yeah. And it could have been even worse than he's already experienced. Yeah. Uh, and then he looks back at Daryl, and Daryl does seem a little bit worried. And I gotta go change my pants again. <laughs> yeah, yeah bet- between the freaking uh, trap door thing and then now this one. Yeah. Pope really wants to make Daryl and Leia paranoid, though. Yeah, like, he's, he's he's good at mind tricks. Oh yeah, he's kind of playing all buddy buddy with Carter and uh, or Carver rather, and they're walking away, and then Pope looks back. Yeah. Oh, what a turd. Yeah. <laughs> now it could be could be psychologically trying to mess with daryl yeah or it could be just that he genuinely is in a good mood but he seems like for for us it seems like he's really messing with him yeah but maybe he is maybe he is just in a good mood maybe i got all the information i need (laughs) yeah he gave me his uh, mom's secret recipe for cookies (laughs) he said we love you Meatloaf and cookies. That's what goes into it. Yeah. That's the secret recipe. Yeah, what goes into the meatloaf? Cookies. What goes into the cookies? Meatloaf. Hey, don't knock it till you try it. That's true. So for those of you that watch The Talking Dead, we really... do. Yeah, we really enjoy watching it. I love Chris Hardwick so much. Mm -hmm. And then for this episode, they had Yvette Nicole Brown, and they had Lauren... 
Rodolph. Oh my god, I'm horrible. What the hell is her name? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm bad with it too. Do, do. Well, then we're Googling. Oh my goodness. Back. Do, do. Lauren, yeah, Ridloff. Ridloff, okay. Lauren Ridloff. So they had Lauren Ridloff and Yvette Nicole Brown. And obviously, Chris Hardwick is hosting. And one of the things I liked, they had in the memoriam part, and they had a poem. I thought it was really funny. Did you want to read it? Sure. Now I lay me down to sleep. I hope no creature comes to creep or jump or crawl or fight or bite. Yep, looks like I'll be awake all night. <laughs> it was simple. It's kind of silly, but I liked it. Yeah. I it was good. But see, they used creep. I was like, the creep? I feel like they're creepers. Yeah. And call them creeps. during that episode of The Talking Dead, it was an interesting take that, yeah, they kind of portrayed the ferals as a family. They, they, that was kind of their point, I guess, was yeah. all the ferals in that house was a family that started off in the apocalypse and then I guess apparently things got desperate for them and they just kind of went more animalistic mm-hmm. and their thought was the pictures on the wall were supposed to be of the family. I don't know how that would really work given the time of the photos. Yeah. I feel maybe, like those people would have been way too old if maybe even ancestors still alive. Or something. Yeah, yeah, I feel like ancestors would be more of an accurate description, but mm. not like living family. No. We like the little tidbits that they give, like, behind the scenes yeah. of on The Walking Dead, or I'm sorry, on The Talking Dead, about The Walking Dead. So there was the one where the plow that they took from the previous, I think it was the previous episode, where they went to Hilltop. Yeah, yeah, they went to get some gear and whatnot. Mm-hmm, and one of, the, one of the tools that they had to get was a plow. And one of my first things, well, one of the things that I thought of was, I remember them getting a plow way back when Rick yeah. was still around. yeah. And that was when... I think it said season nine premiere. Yeah. Uh, that kid died. And that mother was like really pissed off at Maggie for sending him to get that plow. Oh, I don't remember. But he... But he yeah, but he volunteered. I vaguely... So the kid, I, the kid volunteered to get the plow. He died in the mission. And the mother was really pissed at Maggie for sending him because oh, he was so young. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I vaguely remember that. See, again, this is why I cannot wait until we rewatch the whole series. Yeah. I'm so excited. And then to have a podcast about it, I feel like we're going to remember things a lot more. But we're talking about the the plow because in the beginning of this episode, they had Rosita standing near the plow that they had taken from Hilltop. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of doing a call back to, that's the same plow that they took from Washington, D.C. in season nine. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Man, I miss Rick being there. Yeah. I hope he surprises us and pops up at some point. And Michonne. We, yeah, they, there's so much that they have to wrap up. But we found out that they're they're doing the last season, this season, in three parts, right? Right, yeah. So if I what I would assume, because I know there's going to be 24 episodes, this first part that just wrapped up, there were eight episodes in it. Mm-hmm. And then the second part, I would assume, is also going to have eight episodes. Mm-hmm. So then the third part should also have eight episodes. Yeah. But I don't know when it premieres because usually it would have... Yeah, I don't know when this part two premieres because usually... The season would premiere in October, but with everything with COVID, COVID kind of fucked everything up every which way. So I don't know when they're going to have part two airing. Hopefully yeah. in February, because yeah. it's already, it's October, end of October right now. So hopefully we won't have to wait too, too long. I wanna, Who's hoping? I want to know what happens. I hope we find out what happens to Alden, too. So many stories that they have to, like, wrap up. I hope it doesn't turn into, like, other shows that we've watched Years ago, there was a show that Jeremy and I watched called Jericho, and Morgan was in that. Yeah. So that was pretty neat. But we saw this years ago, and 
I don't remember if we watched it as it was airing or if we watched it like when it was on Netflix and we didn't know that the last season like they had gotten canceled so they kind of got the okay to just kind of throw everything like to answer all the questions in the last season but it was way too quick yeah they, it, they really wrapped everything up mm. it was really and, disappointing because it was yeah. wrapped up so quickly yeah so i hope that's not what's going to happen with the walking dead it fizzle it was a fizzle yeah it was like a, they, they built it up so much and then they gave it an ending and you're like oh yeah. okay but Climax this one has to have oh, I, I i i really don't know how they're gonna wrap everything i up. don't know i am and we've been a fan from the first episode, yeah. like when it first aired. So it's been a long time coming. I hope they don't disappoint us. They better not. But again, like Jeremy and I have said, we are very easy to please too. So I feel like they really had to have to fuck things up for us to not appreciate it. Yeah. But maybe they'll also the way the way I see it too. They have the two other spinoffs. They have Fear and they have World Beyond. Yeah. So maybe they'll kind of weasel some things into that, too, to kind of answer some questions, too. But there's a lot of people that probably aren't watching Fear and World Beyond, though, too. And that's true, because, I mean, I, I know um, somebody I work with really does not like... World Beyond? The World Beyond. Yeah. We're, I, we're not the hugest fans on, on The World Beyond. Not either. really. Not really. I want to watch it because it's part of the story. And I want to see, um, especially now, Jadis, I think her name is, she's supposed to pop up. And, like, as of right now, it's, like, October 20-something that we're recording this. Uh, Jeremy's checking the date. 24th. October 24th that we're recording this. So, obviously, the last, the episode we just did about The Walking Dead, it had aired already a while ago. But we've been so busy, we haven't had a chance to do it. But So, we've also waited to watch Fear and World Beyond because we want to do podcasts for each of those episodes, too. But we're still trying to finish our Walking Dead episodes. So, we haven't even watched the other yeah. episodes just yet. And I'm curious if Jadis has popped up yet. And I did hear a rumor that they mentioned Rick in World Beyond, I think. Yeah. Well, crap. Well, crap. We're going to have to get to that. So before, well, we're going to be still chit-chatting for a little bit because I have a couple things that I want to discuss, like questions. I I like to take some of the questions that they ask with the mm-hmm. polls on Talking Dead. So what do we, what do you think about Connie and Virgil's relationship? Because I know the actress who played Connie, she thinks that it was when Virgil pulls Connie out of the wall, that's when their trust really came into play. Really? That's from that's what I took it as in the one question that Chris Hardwick was, had asked her. It was definitely, I mean, it was a good scene. It was definitely a good, um, oh, I don't know, it was almost like, oh, like, I, I don't know how to put it. It was definitely a, yeah, it was definitely a good trust building scene. Yeah. When he finally realizes it's her, but I mean, like, obviously, like, what, what was he gonna do? Like, yeah, they obviously realize it was her, there. and then keep, you know, I'm gonna keep on stabbing to the wall. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. They they have each other's back. I I thought they, I thought they kind of showed that throughout. Like they've, I they've been so together. Too. I mean, he was fighting off the walkers while she was opening up the door to get into the house. I think that was a big sign. I don't know. I think they. I thought they trusted each other pretty well before that. Me too. That's why I was like. Huh, really? Yeah. Because I thought the same thing, especially when Connie, or I'm sorry, when Kelly found the campsite, they were together in the woods then, Mm -hmm. too. So they were together for a while, and I feel like if Virgil didn't trust Connie, he wouldn't have let Connie basically be the one to pick the Mm -hmm. direction they went. Because I think that's what happened, right? Virgil pretty much let Connie pick the direction they went, and they found the house, and that's when they went to that house. Yeah. So one of the poll questions from The Talking Dead, has Virgil redeemed himself after everything that happened with Michonne? I think, yeah, he was 
a bad guy when we first met a him. Bad guy. A bad guy, technically. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he didn't really have bad intentions. Like he wasn't malicious. He was um, just I think he was spiraling out of control. Yeah, he was, you know, disturbed and he was one of those like bad guys that you feel bad for. Yeah. So Especially when you learn the history. Yeah. So I don't want to say that he didn't have any, you know, tarnish on his record, mm-hmm. but I think the fact that he wasn't a malicious bad guy out for, you know, out just to hurt people or he, he wasn't like a malicious person to begin with. He was just confused. I think he, yeah, he definitely gets a pass now. I, th- I think so too. I think he redeemed himself, especially after everything that happened yeah. in this house. And he, he seems like he's still trying to make up for everything they did. It's funny, whenever anyone uses the word malicious, or especially maliciously, I always think of Gru. <laughs> that book was accidentally destroyed maliciously. <laughs> That's like I one of my favorite quote. lines. It's so funny. So one of the other things, what's your thought on people kind of romantically putting Connie and Virgil together? Well, I know there was a little bit of chemistry between Connie and Daryl. Mm-hmm. But now shit, Leia's back in the the game too. Yeah. Yeah. So mm, well, we know Mama. you know, we know how things are going there. A little bit. Yeah. But um Yeah, we're obviously we're caught up. We just haven't done our podcast yet. I'm still not full I mean, man, Leia. I don't like her that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean she was alright when we first met her i did not like her that much <laughs> okay maybe it's just because i love she's, her she's very i mean very reserved so yeah i don't know yeah it's hard to see i'm one of those walking dead watchers that i am so skeptical of any new person it yeah. takes me a hot minute to actually be like okay this person's cool i yeah. did not like leia and we would have to rewatch the particular episode i think it was in that that one segment during COVID that they kind of just released little stories about each character. Yeah. But I don't remember really getting a good vibe from Leia, and I didn't really like how she treated Daryl in some instances there. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was happy to see that Daryl seemed to be happy mm-hmm. that he had someone, but I didn't really... I feel like... Sorry, there's a lot of loud cars. I'm not going to edit it out, because it's just... It's inevitable, but, you know. Yeah, it's where we live. Yeah. But I just feel like I didn't really get a good vibe off of Leia, and now especially that she's a Reaper, not really digging her. Yeah, she seems very committed to her group, but she shows signs of questioning the leadership, mm-hmm. definitely, and she she still has humanity to her. Yeah, she does. Well, you know, I was just thinking, I was like, oh shit, where was Dog for this episode? But I'm glad Dog didn't go with them, because Dog may have smelled them in that floor. Ooh, I didn't even think about that yeah that just but that would have been yeah i wonder if that's why they didn't have dog in this episode because they're like well obviously dog would have sniffed them out yeah which now i'm thinking about like why didn't they have dog with them i don't know yeah where was he hmm unless dog was just wandering outside but dog is usually pretty with daryl although i say that and then i was bitching about dog a couple episodes ago because in the in the subway yes because dog is fucking off and then was like daryl had to run after him he seems well trained until he's not (laughs) Exactly. I remember you making that uh, that comment before, and it is very true. Very yeah. True. So another poll from the Talking Dead: Do you think that Frost gave up Daryl before they killed him? Mm. They definitely played it up like that. Oh yeah. But I don't. I don't know. 
I feel like Frost has gone through some shit. So I feel like he's a pretty strong he, guy. Yeah, but how long could you put I up I know. It's, everybody has a breaking point. But, hmm. I'm, so but, I, I like... Uh, I'll say this. I like Frost, he, even though we didn't really get to know him that well. But just how well he was putting up with all the torture and, and being beaten up and everything like that. and How quick he picked up from the first start of it. And how, yeah, how well he was playing into everything. I'm... I feel like I would give him the benefit of the doubt and say yeah. that he did not give any information up. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to say that his character held strong and did not give up Daryl. Yeah, I would I would hope so too. And I think it's just, like you had said earlier, Pope is just such a huge manipulator mm-hmm. that I think Pope just kind of wanted to seem a little like, yeah. mm, I know something you don't know, yeah. to Daryl just to kind of be like, get Daryl a little shaken up. Yeah, I think Pope is the kind of person that if you give him anything or not, he's going to take advantage of you. One, mm-hmm. Either either way, yeah. you don't have to. You don't have to give him anything. He can still take. <laughs> he could take that situation and still work it to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pope is very much about Pope. It seems, and as we've seen further in the the next couple episodes before the finale, yeah, Pope is very all about Pope. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to discuss. Thinks he's God. Things. I think he does think he's God. Uh, do you think that Daryl really wants another chance with Leia? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that was an instant, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think he does. Hmm. See, I don't know if he does. I mean, maybe. But it's not a good dynamic. It's a very toxic thing that they're in right now, so I feel like they would have to kind of run away together. I think, you know, I think he still sees Leia as, you know, the the woman that he met in the cabin, mm-hmm. I don't know, a year ago or whatever. But he sees her, I think he sees her, like, almost in trouble. Almost like, I don't know if she, (laughs) I don't want to say that she's, like, a drug addict now. And he needs to, like, put her through rehab kind of thing. But I think he feels that she's still there. It's still her, but she's kind of lost. And I think he's, he's kind of scared for her as well as himself. And kind of trying to contact her you know hmm. like tr- trying to get through to her well what almost. do you mean about the rehab thing i don't get that um so not that the reapers yeah like kind of like the reapers are you know they're a bad habit oh well, i understand okay so she's, so she's not kicking her habit. she's like yeah she's even though she she's, ad- she's addicted to the reapers and daryl's like you didn't always be used to be like this he used to <laughs> 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 no, yeah, he's doing I, like, impersonations like like, when he met her in the cabin, mm-hmm. she was quote-unquote clean. That's true. From, That's from very Reapers. true. She was on her own. And now she's back in with the Reapers, and she's a different person now. You're right. She's got, got a whole know. other mentality. She doesn't think the way that she used to, and she can't she can't kick the Reapers. I got you. So, I don't know why. That's the, that's the way my mind is framing it. So. I can see that. I, I can see that. Now, I just didn't understand what you meant by that at first, but then, as you said, like, the Reapers are like her drug. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, um, they just have a really toxic environment right now. I don't mm-hmm. think that their relationship would be good, especially with the way Carver is already busting her ass about things. I don't think that they would have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even with her other Reapers, I think that it her relationship with them would start to go downhill because they might start feeling like, oh, well, you're just getting special treatment because of your relationship with Daryl or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, unless they were to eventually run off together. 
be... But she seems... She seems committed to the Reapers, but she also still feels conflicted about it. Because mm-hmm. she's she's noticing definitely more and more how... Messed up Pope is? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely calling Pope out. She's... she's you can see that she's questioning Pope now. Yeah. And that's always, like, um, the tiny little hairline crack mm-hmm. in things because it's like, oh boy, there's a little bit of doubt there. And then it's going to be really easy to start really throwing more doubt yeah. in there. And then all of a sudden it's just going to completely break. Yeah. And I think part of that has to do with Pope being the kind of leader that leads strictly with fear. Yeah. Like... I mean, Negan did that a little bit, though, too. He was yeah. very fear-based. Oh, yeah, he was very fear-based, but he was very... He also worked on a, a rewards basis. Mm-hmm. Like, he would reward people for doing something good. Yeah. Like, he was, you know, reward, 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 as much as possible, at least, yeah. I think. Yeah. But then, yeah, if somebody messed up or screwed him over or something like that, Sheesh. and he made it publicly known yeah. what he'd do to you. Negan is crazy. Yeah, so he's he so... had he had the fear. He definitely had the fear portion to keep some people in line. Yeah. But he also had the loyalty of others mm-hmm. <clears throat> using, you know, rewards. Whereas Pope had like the the family, like the we're family and we're we're chosen by God and whatnot. But he Sorry, it's another loud car. <laughs> yeah. But he also, I feel like he's really just using, he's leaning too heavily on the fear side of things right now. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a good, there could be a good balance, but he's not, he's too far over to the fear side where it's going to just backfire on him. So one of the things that Jeremy and I had discussed and we're like, ooh, let's save that for when we're talking on our podcast. Do we think Leia would kill Daryl if she was commanded to by Pope? Oh, man. She couldn't, she couldn't even shoot that woman yeah. in the basement I think but Pope wasn't there if, over yeah, her if Pope man if Pope was there and like egging her on in my mind I'm I think I'm playing on a scene where she would I, I think I don't know if if it was just her Pope and Daryl mm. I, I if it was just her Pope and Daryl I think maybe Leia would shoot Pope. That's what I was going to say. I, I didn't want to cut you off, though, but I was wondering if that was the direction you were heading. But. Because it would take care of, uh, he is, I don't know if you want to say loved, but he is definitely, he would be missed in a sense of, yo, where the hell's Pope? Yeah. Like, if he was just gone. But I don't think it would be that bad if he was just taken out. Yeah. Now, if Carver were there. Ooh. Or any of the other mm-hmm. Reapers and Pope ordered Leia to shoot Daryl on the spot. Yeah. Especially Carver. Carver is a bit of a turd. The then, yeah, then I I wonder if maybe Leia... I don't know what would happen. That'd be hard. She Then maybe she would. I don't know if she might, but I think she would be really sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> Oy. Yeah, that that situation. I'm trying to think of how that one would play out. What I do you know. think? Mm, I I think it would vary. I think it would be like you said, if it was just Pope, Daryl, and Leia, it would be a totally different outcome than if like Carver were there, especially Carver, because the other Reapers, you don't really hear from too often, but Carver definitely has. He ha- he hates Daryl. Yeah, I could see it playing out that Leia hesitates, 
Carver shoots Daryl, mm. and then Leia shoots Carver. Oh, shit. I can see it playing out like that. Well, that's kind of even like we we discussed this earlier in the podcast with that dynamic. I don't remember yeah. what exactly we said. Uh, it'll come to me when I'm re-listening. We can't to even this remember podcast. our own podcast, people. <laughs> Do you really want to listen to us? <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you for listening, to us, say, by the way. I was gonna say, and tune in for uh, two more episodes of The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was fun. I think, uh... I think it was a really good episode. It was. I It was one of my favorites, um, with them kind of referring to some feels of some classic horror movies. Yeah, it had a very different vibe from any of the other episodes of The Walking Dead. Yeah. It was fun. I liked it. It was creepy. I bet it was really fun to act in. So I think that covers everything. We don't yeah. want to keep on going and... Talk your ears off more and about ramble uh, ramble, <laughs> rambling about nothing. So, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Dead Talk. <laughs> the Dead Talk. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to Dead Talk, where we discussed The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 6, titled On the Inside. So, tune into our next podcast when we d- we'll discuss The Walking Dead. I don't know, we're messing this up hard. Let's go in, with it. Yeah. Tune into our next podcast when we'll discuss The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 7, titled Promises Broken. And we'll be back to our weekly thing now that we're back home from our vacation and we had the week back to getting back to work. And yeah, we'll getting... be back into the swing of it. Yeah, so you'll definitely be getting the, the seventh episode and then the eighth episode and then we'll start with Fear and World Beyond. Yep. So we're excited. We hope so, you tune in. Yeah, we hope you guys tune in. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.